Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. In verse 8, Again the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory, and he said to them, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Say, him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. This is the word of God. May he bless it to our understanding this morning. Last week, we looked at the baptism of Jesus. We learned that his baptism was an act of obedience, humility, identification, and commitment. Jesus was being prepared for the task ahead to fulfill what God the Father had called him to. We learned that Jesus was totally obedient to exactly what his Father instructed. His thoughts, his words, and his actions reflected totally without neglect or mistake, the will of Father God. So you would logically think that after that grand opening, as we called it, this introduction to his mission and purpose, that it all would begin. So you would think that after this grand opening, as we called it, this introduction into his mission and purpose, that it all would begin. The teaching would begin. The followers would follow. And miracles would begin to happen. But not so fast. 
not so fast. There was still some preparation to take place. There was still testing that Jesus had to experience and endure. Testing. Temptation. I was a pitiful test taker in school. I was a great student, but I was a lousy test taker. Any of you identify with that? Testing. Temptation. I'm reminded of the passage in the book of James. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I've been patient, now we're all settled. Sorry. There is work that testing does. There is fruit that is produced. There are results from the fires of temptation. And it was necessary, say necessary. And it was necessary for Jesus to walk through testing through temptation was necessary and the one who would deliver the tests was the chief operating officer of temptation incorporated Satan himself Matthew 4 and 1 Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It is vital, friends, right here for us to understand that it was in God's will that Jesus should be tested in this way. The Holy Spirit set up the appointment. See that? Jesus was led up by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit set up the appointment. Jesus was led to the wilderness. The purpose of being led there was to be tempted by the devil. It was the Holy Spirit who led him there. Again, Jesus always submitted to the will of his Father. He was always completely led and guided by the Spirit. And this occasion was no exception. The Holy Spirit led Jesus to this appointment with testing and temptation. Yes, God allows the enemy to tempt. Our faith is meant to be tested. It was necessary, say necessary. It was necessary for Jesus to be tempted, to be tested. 
And we see that this took place where? In the wilderness. I would like to submit to us this morning that trials and tests are lonely experiences. Although there may be folks around us, even people trying to help us, the battle of testing and temptation is a personal, lonely battle. Jesus had to go out where? Into the wilderness alone. It's you against the enemy of our souls. And the resolve that needs to take place is a decision in your heart and your mind. Others can encourage you. They can pray for you. Can even give you some practical advice. But when it comes down to you defeating the enemy, the battleground is in your heart. We could go home now. Let's look at these three tests, these three temptations. Verse 3, Matthew 4 and 3. When the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered, and he said, it is written. Say, it is written. That's a theme for the day. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The first temptation that the enemy threw at Jesus was the needs and the desires of the flesh. The needs and the desires of the flesh. The very first place that Satan chooses to strike with temptation is the most obvious need at the moment. Jesus' physical hunger. And Satan knew it. And if we think about it, Jesus certainly had the power the ability to turn these stones into Panera baguettes. Y'all love Panera baguettes. I, I love Panera baguettes. Would have tasted pretty good after a long stretch of not eating. In the wilderness of Judea, Satan used this point of attack and said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the Son of God, what are you doing out here starving to death? If you are the Son of God, you shouldn't have to put up with this humiliation and self-denial. If you are the Son of God, you should be able to look at these stones and change them into breakfast. Have breakfast from these stones if, say if, there's where the temptation lies. If you are the Son of God, one of the primary strategies of the enemy is to put doubt in your little mind. That you aren't, listen, that you aren't 
who Jesus says you are. He loves to do that. He loves to plant doubt in your mind that you're going to be successful or that you are going to uh, be saved or that you are able to walk in a holy and righteous life. He loves to place doubt in your mind. If you are the Son of God, he says to Jesus. Do you remember the last words that Jesus heard at his baptism before the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness? The heavens opened and a voice of God said audibly, This is, remember, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God's word came to Jesus at his baptism, at his anointing to be the Messiah. And that pronouncement from God was this, You, Jesus, are my son, my beloved son, who fills my life with pleasure. That's the father speaking to the son. In the wilderness, Satan suggested that God had lied. Satan suggested that God's word is not true. Satan said, if. There's no if here, folks. The God the Father had proclaimed that that man was God the Son. What other time do you realize that temptation then in a time of pain, a time of suffering, a time of want, what other time in our lives are more filled with the temptation to doubt than when times are rough? Rabbit trail. I apologize in advance. I loved hee-haw. You remember those old boys? with their jugs, and they would sing, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark, nutrition, contentious misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, agony on me. The enemy wants to put doubt in your mind. He wants to place you in a position where you want to go and eat worms. Jesus. Jesus is hungry, friends. And his, his humanity, his humanity must have started to wonder Am I the Son of God? And what am I doing in this God-forsaken place? And my tummy is growling. Then Jesus said, That is a wonderful suggestion, Satan. I just have one small problem with it. The problem with it is, It is written. Say that. It is written which among the Jews is code language for the Bible says this. The Bible says this. Satan, yeah, I'm hungry, but 
Don't you love the yeah, buts? Yeah, but the Bible says this. Man shall not live by bread alone. Satan, bread would taste good right now, but I don't live just by bread. But every word that comes from the mouth of my Father, and right now my Father will not allow me to eat that bread, so forget about it. Forget about it. Second temptation. Verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, there it is again. See it? If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's Jesus that is saying, It is written. Here the enemy says, It is written. Interesting. Interesting. For it is written, You shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands, Thou, they shall bear you up, lest, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. I got a feeling Jesus gave the enemy right at that moment a lesson on reading Scripture in context. Have you heard anybody take the Scripture out of context? If I do that, Pastor Dude, whack me alongside the head. If I take scriptures out of context, don't you dare let me. Amen. <laughs> Jesus says to the enemy, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. This was on the pinnacle of the temple. Satan was saying, let's see if you really can trust the word of God. You keep quoting to me, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. If the Bible says it, I should believe it and that should settle it. If it is true that the angels are given charge over you, jump off the temple pinnacle. You have nothing to worry about. Normally you can't fly, but you're the son of God. If you don't sprout wings on the way, the great fall won't do you any damage because the angels can fly. They'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone if you are. Jesus answered him, Your quotation of Scripture is accurate, but your interpretation of it conflicts with everything else the Word of God says. If I jumped from this pinnacle, I would be putting God to the test, and it is not allowable for me to test God. He is testing me. And I don't have to jump off this temple to know that the angels will guard me because my father says it. I don't need to test it. I don't need to test him. Because as Jesus would say later, his word is truth. I want you to say that. His word is truth. Remember, friends, Jesus is the humble servant king. Misusing his position and his power is not in his nature. I want to quote this verse from Philippians. 
that I quoted in our message last week and that we looked at in our Thursday night study when we, when we looked through Philippians, such a powerful verse. Take this verse into your spirits this morning, friends, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather. What's rather here? Rather is a pivot point. Instead, rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. If you are the Son of God, if you are the one who is completely obedient to his Father, Third temptation, verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. If. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall, not, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. The third temptation is misdirected worship for personal gain. Misdirected worship for personal gain. Away with you, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Satan was on undaunted. Jesus, Jesus had answers for the first two, and so he's taking one more third swing at it. He took Jesus to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a second of time. You all been on top of a high mountain? I want you to think about the highest you've ever been and the farthest you could ever see and the most spectacular vista and, and maybe, maybe from that height, towns and villages and cities and rivers. The enemy gave Jesus a viewpoint of all the kingdoms of the world. All of the authority that goes with all the monarchies of every kingdom on this planet is mine to give, and I will give it to you. I am the prince of this world, and I can give authority to kings, to politicians, to whomever I please. I will give you all the authority over every nation that you see. All I ask, Jesus, is that you worship me for a second. Nobody's looking. Just, just, just bow one knee. A slight genuflect, maybe. You don't have to go to the cross. 
You don't have to suffer and die to become king. Here's a different route. Here's a different alternative. You don't have to walk the Via Della Rosa and carry the cross and endure all that to receive authority. Just a bended knee here and now. It's all yours. Jesus says, fabulous offer, but get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Satan's the loser here. He's the loser because of the power and the truth of the living word of God. Satan loses because Jesus employs the power of the God-breathed word. After this, the enemy left him. It says he was ministered to by the angels. A Panera pick too, likely. Sorry, sorry. You see, Jesus responds to each temptation with a quotation from the Old Testament, from the Word of God, from the book of Deuteronomy. This shows that when Jesus is tempted and feels he is in a difficult situation, where does he look to for guidance and for, and for strength and for defense? He looks to the Word of God. If you learn nothing else in this lesson... Learn that the Word of God is your source for strength when you are tested. He, is, he, he in His Word is your source of strength in temptation. As a result of these temptations, listen, Jesus was stronger and more prepared for His ministry because He had rejected Three false ways of doing his task. Jesus had rejected three false ways in which he could fulfill his task. False ways. One was providing only for people's material needs. That's kind of what the disciples want, wanted, wasn't it? The, the, disciples, the disciples wanted the Messiah to boot Rome out of the territory and bring prosperity back to the nation. <laughs> Providing for only people's material needs. Secondly, using his power to do miraculous tricks and win popularity that would have been a way for Jesus to have fulfilled his mission and become popular in the light of the society or giving in to evil in order to gain political power. Israel had a history of that. Had a history of that. We've studied some of that on Thursday nights. Before Jesus began his earthly ministry, as soon as he was baptized and anointed, the Messiah had to pass this test, and he passed it at every point. 
He passed not only the test in those 40 days, but up until he drew his last breath in which he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The whole world attacks the word of God. They are in the enemy's pocket, but we as Christian people can live every word that comes out of the mouth of God like Jesus did. There's a passage in 1 John chapter 2 that I want to refer us to here. 1 John 2.15, follow along. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, look at these things. They kind of correspond to the temptations that we just read about. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Come not from the Father, but from the world. Huh. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Friends, the sold-out Christian life, the all-in, baptized, born-again child of God lives to serve the Lord, not themselves. Living this life is living a selfless, not selfish life life. I think a preacher around here has said that in recent months. We're back to it again. Living this life is living a selfless, not selfish life. Living a life that has its basis in God's Word and in fellowship with other believers is essential to our ability to face and pass the tests of temptation. Because Lord knows they're being thrown at us. One other comment. The testing of our faith always asks the question, do we trust God or do we just say we trust God? <laughs> do we trust God or do we just say we trust God? I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because look what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It was necessary for Jesus to take this test and, and pass it before he could move on and begin to gather disciples around him and, and begin to travel the roads, the dusty roads of Galilee 
before he could hang out in Capernaum and minister to folks. Before, before the woman could touch the hem of his garment and receive healing. Before he could stand in front of the masses and say, blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers. Before he could do those things, he had to pass this test. And he passed it with flying colors. And unlike the report card that dude was talking about earlier, he was not under the sea. He was, he was A+. Plus. He was A+. Plus. So, from a practical standpoint, I just want to say to you that the more your life is wrapped in the Word of God, the more the Word of God penetrates your heart and your spirit, and, and the more the Word of God, the, the, the God-breathed Word is in your mind, the more power you have when the opportunity comes on. Pray with me. Father, thank you that in Jesus we have all things for forgiveness and for strength. And in Jesus, we have the example of knowing that in the Word of God, we find strength against temptation. Help us, Lord, to stand. Help us to stand against the temptations and tests of the enemy. Help us to stand, Father, to resist the wiles of the devil. And we give you praise by our very lives. In Jesus' name, amen.